Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for stopping by and checking out the official episode number one of Matt West. Now, I'm your host, Matt West. I know it kind of goes hand in hand. It's funny how that works out, but so excited about this. This is episode number one of the podcast, and this is an episode that I actually sat down and recorded in Nashville months and months and months ago. This was done during CMA Fest, which if you don't know about it, it is uh, just ginormous country music festival in Nashville. And everybody who's anybody is in town. And every country music fan that that is hardcore and loves music from around the world, I got to meet so many people from around the world, all come to Nashville to be a part of this thing. So I get to sit down with one of my absolute favorite country music artists ever, a guy named Glenn Templeton. Now, if you've never heard of Glenn, get ready. As a matter of fact, if you've never heard of Glenn, hit the pause button on this podcast. Go download him. Get on YouTube or iTunes, buy his music, and I promise you, you will not regret it. This guy is so incredibly talented. Um, You're going to hear us talk about some of the similarities he has with other country music legends from way back in the day. You're also going to hear us talk about how, you know what, believe it or not, Famous people, celebrities, I know it's hard to believe, but they sit next to an empty roll of toilet paper just like you and I do. Um, Snoop Dogg is traditional country music. What the hell am I talking about? Well, let's get to it. This is my conversation with Glenn Templeton. Oh, we're recording? Yeah. What we you- were recording. We, how long have we been recording? See, a couple minutes. The producer, you got to tell us, man. You no, got to tell us. I don't know what's I mean, happening. What about you just said talk- something other that you we can edit, to hear We can what edit if, it out uh, after the fact. What if, oh, okay, so what if our guest really, really. Yeah. <laughs> our guest is talking about how bad a club is that he played, but he wants to go back because the money's good. Come on, man. You got to That happens that regularly. It happens. <laughs> Trust no. me, I work for a lot of people that I'm really good friends with. Until they're not around, and then all of a sudden, it's, it's real. Hey, okay, um, I don't know how long we've been recording, but there's a couple of conversations already. You are infatuated with some TV show in Oklahoma, like you're a gearhead all of a sudden. What's happening? Yeah, we were talking about where you're from, actually, right, yeah. and when, when I said... I played in Oklahoma City, but the real reason I want to go back to Oklahoma City is because they have this TV show up there called Street Outlaws, and I want to go, I want to go see Big Chief and Street Outlaws and Chuck and Monza. I want to go see all those guys because, man, I've got a hundred and one episodes of that thing recorded on my DVR. I love that. I have no idea what you're talking about, but you say Big Chief, and my mind automatically goes to the movie The Cowboy Way, and Woody Harrelson coming out of a house naked. I'm like, that's not anything I want to go see. But okay, um, we were talking about being a a gearhead. We're sitting in a hotel room in Nashville, and we've got this little contraption that's going to record all of our voices, all this stuff. Partying, partying, partying. Oh, yeah, party, midday partying. (laughs) Midday partying. Because, Glenn, you you and me, we're both big-time partiers. Real big-time. We partiers. If people only knew that life wasn't as cool as it is on Instagram... Like, if they could see real life, I mean, I'm in gym shorts and tennis shoes, and I mean, you look like a rock star well, everywhere I, you go. I, you, you know got, what? I came down here, y'all never know. I have to be prepared right. at all yep. times. Yeah, especially you know, this week. This week, I have to be prepared at all times, because the first thing I'll come down here and do is if I come down You, here, you sing into a microphone for a living. Why can't you hold that thing close to your mouth? If, if I if I come down here in, <laughs> in, in beater gear, well, right. it's usually on a mic stand, yeah, so I, I never got have it, to I touch it. it. It's a lot of work. But yeah, it's a lot of work, Welcome man. Welcome to my world. My job's not as easy as it looks, is it? Now, if I come down here in like my shorts and my camo gear, my beat up gear, I'll meet a hundred people on the way in that want to take a selfie and all that stuff. And here I am, I'm looking like a bum. Yeah, because I can look like a bum. See, trust me. And if I, I can go, look like a bum, I don't just look like this every day. If I'm at a PBR, there's there. It's it's yeah. I'm I'm at least gonna look presentable. But if I'm in Delaware, Oklahoma, there's a good chance my shirt doesn't even have <laughs> sleeves on it. All right, uh, that's it's life. People people don't realize sometimes. You got to be a real person every once in a while. And people, especially this week, they forget that. As much as you love the fans, they forget that, you know, people are human. Man, yeah. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is like when we come back off the road, it when I get home, it's like my wife's like, hey, it's time to take the trash out. Yeah. It's, it's you know the grass needs to be cut, the hedges need to be yeah. trimmed. Make me a bologna sandwich. What do you want for dinner tonight? We're not going out to eat tonight. We've eat out all weekend long. Yeah. So it's just you know it's it is real and we keep it really real on the road. Yeah. I, I mean yeah. I don't try to get above or below anything. I try to stay right with everything, just right even with everything. And it makes my life a whole lot easier because I can become a chameleon really really easy. Yeah. 
You know, I I really, really can. And I just have to stay just be okay being okay. You know, what's funny is, is your name's come up a lot. I've been in Nashville for about a week uh, prior to sitting down doing this. Your name's come up a lot in conversation. And and I tell everybody, Uh I think, no, no, I I mean, (laughs) most of it's good. Yeah, most of it's good. But uh, I do, I think you're probably the most appreciative, one of the most appreciative humans I've ever come in contact with. I mean, you truly do. And, And it's not, look, I've spent enough time around music, especially here in Nashville. You see it. You see yeah, the man. people that are are genuine in front of somebody's face. But as soon as they're back on the bus, but like I, I feel like you and your wife Amy are, are truly just down home, good, wholesome, appreciative for everything you got. You know what? I'm very, very grateful because not everybody gets to do this and provide for their families and has been on the longest vacation. I've been on the longest vacation of my life getting to do what I love to do and feeding my family off of it. And I'm very grateful every day. And every day I try to be intentional and purposeful to try to reach out and do good. Right. That's it is it, it it matters to try to be intentional about that. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of the times we feel like if, if we're just oh well I'm just being good, uh you know, it's just okay. But I wanna be intentional about it. I wanna have purpose behind doing right. good. And right. and I think that, that um I think that that's something that like one of my idols and one of the well, the people that I built my entire artist career around um, was a fellow who had a couple of hit songs. His name you may know him or not, but his name is Garth Brooks, and he uh, <laughs> hey, he's on. had. <laughs> Let me get that name for you real quick. Drop he it has, right here. Uh, but you know every every time I ever heard something about Garth Brooks or Neil McCoy, yep. those two guys have always I, I have tried to build an artist model around Garth Brooks. Neil McCoy, because they always have nothing but the greatest fans, and they know what it means to respect their fans and respect the people who have put food on their table and kept their lights on for them. And that's that's where I want to try to be in my life. And if I can end up that way, I've had a successful career, regardless of hit songs or whatever. Yeah. I've been a successful human. Maybe the most famous CMA Fest fanfare story of all time is Garth sitting and signing autographs for what, like twenty three hours? You know, that's crazy. They put a porta potty behind him it, so he could go pee. That's insane. But yeah. but uh, two quick little stories here. I actually have. Uh, it's funny you mentioned those two guys because because it's true. I actually sat down at lunch with Garth, uh, his three daughters. It's been a long time ago, but right in the in the heyday, he's back in Oklahoma. Me and my mom, we sat down, and it was fascinating to watch how he would stand up and everybody that wanted to come over and say something, he wouldn't just acknowledge them. He would stand up, look them in the eye, give them his full attention. He would continue to check on his daughters, but he would make you feel like. And we were special. Yeah, like you were special. Like he was into the conversation. Validates every single person in the room. Last year at Fanfare here at UCMA Fest, I'm hosting the Riverfront stage and I'm getting ready to walk out on the stage to introduce the last artist performing that day. And all of a sudden I hear Nashville, Tennessee, please welcome to your stage, your Riverfront stage host from Oklahoma. (laughs) My buddy, Matt West. And I turn around, and it's Neil McCoy introducing me so that I can go out and introduce him. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Those guys are great at that, Nobody else will ever hear that story unless they're listening to this. I'm never going to tell that story. But to me, we're a year later, and I still think that's the coolest thing ever. You know what? It really is. But they they are keyed on making sure that everybody – and there's a, that's a gift, man. You either got that or it you is. don't. Yeah. You know, um, and it's something other that when you have the gift, you can craft it and really, really modify it and make it better and better all the time. But that's the reason why when someone sits in a room full of 60,000 people and Garth is entertaining or Neil McCoy is entertaining, they make the guy who spent his last dollar in the cheap seats way up there in, in the nosebleed section yeah. who pushed his light bill to buy a ticket to come see them, they make him feel just as important as they do the people in the front row, and that's magical. What I love is we set up in the upper bowl of Nissan Stadium last night where the Houston Texans, or, or uh, the Nashville, yep, the football team here in Nashville, yeah. where they play. Yeah. Those uh, guys, the Tennessee that, Titans. That team. The Tennessee that, Titans. Yeah. Hey, look, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't watch hockey, <laughs> so same, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, so we're sitting way up in the top, and you know, a couple of acts comes on, come on, and and there's people in music that I, I don't think I'm going to gravitate towards. And then I see them in that aspect. They're playing a stadium. And I looked at Wes and I said, those guys are having fun. And like you look at a guy like 
Well, Dan, Dan and Shay's the ones that I that, that really surprised me uh-huh. how much I enjoyed them, and you could just tell that they were looking at each other, going, "Holy cow, this is this is real!" Like they couldn't believe what was happening. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, a lot of times that happens on a big stage, but I feel that a lot of times also. In small venues, you know, where I'm just playing an acoustic show and it's really, really intimate, I feel that that um, that connection a lot of times in those small venues like that because when I can sit down with my just my guitar, I, that's when I feel like, man, I've really made it. Yeah. Like today, I've made it because I get to sit down in front of people who just sit and just listen, and man, that's. That's they so rewarding. It's not a big care about. Yeah, it's not smoke and mirrors. Genuine. It's not a big show. Sincere. It's about storytelling and it's about an intimate setting. You know, it's really, really personal with people, and people people don't forget that. And and one by one, we get more and more fans. It's funny because you you bring up an intimate setting, and there's one that really, really, really comes to mind when I think about your career, and that's one that I'm sure everybody's seen on on youtube I, over two million people have seen it on youtube what what's the story there man i mean you know what that was a little small venue that i used to go into and i used to go and have some have a couple beers and you know what one afternoon we were like you know maybe let's just try to go in here and let's just let's just set up and just play one night because they had a stage there i'd never seen anybody play in there before really so i asked the bartender and uh well what can we what what does one got to do to get up and just play? So we went in and we just did a little audio recording, and man, that thing just took off like crazy. However, now I knew I was going to be recording that night, right? And I was like, man, I really need to be in good voice. So I took you know a week or so to really really get in good voice, and yeah. man, it was that's that place is um is a little place just right outside of Nashville, just right over in um it's like off of Nolansville Road. Yeah. And it's so cool. It's a little hole in the wall. It's just a little hole in the wall, man. There was there was probably 60 people in there, you know, and just enough for an audience. It was really another one of those intimate settings, like yeah. you say, though. And it was... But it... It was an it, old Conway Twitty song. It was an old Conway Twitty song. It was, was, a, it, was it a goodbye time? That, yeah. Goodbye yeah. time. Because yeah. you've got a couple that have reached over a million views. Yeah, and I don't even know which one they are. You know what? I can't find myself. It was it, okay. I don't, I, ever, I, don't, I don't like I don't to look Google at my own. myself. That, but that goes back to like he doesn't care. He, I mean, well, you really, you really, you genuinely don't. You do it for the music, and you do it for the people that listen to it. Well, it was kind of funny when you said, "Well, of course, we went in there and recorded." All YouTube videos very rarely are just spur of the moment now. Yeah, I mean, now they're really, really trying to right. make that, them great. And what's wrong with making them great? No, I, I love the idea. You do of should them great. be great. I believe that. I, I truly believe that. Now, sometimes I'm not in as good a voice. Sometimes we may not have, you know, a good. Mm-hmm. It, it, I'm only as good as the people who are in the room with right. me. Right. I mean, really, because right. I can sit in here and sing all day long country songs and feel like I'm sounding great, but I'm only as good as the people who are in the room. Thank well, that's, exa- that's exactly right. Like you said, if you're filling that room, yeah, you'll get a completely different performance on on something that's not feeling right for oh, that, yeah. that night and evening. We've had we've had the opportunities, you know, to open up a lot of big shows. You know, I mean, I've opened up for Tracy Lawrence, George Jones. Um, Oh man, there's too many, so you can never there's, remember them all. You know what? I, when I start going through them, it um, just those two pop, pop out, you know. But George Jones, I mean, to open up those shows for him, you know, I mean, I got to play, you know, I got to sing some Conway Twitty music and open up for him, and um, but like opening for Tracy Lawrence and and um, oh man, there was a uh, I was way out and. Out in Texas, it you know what? There's just been a bunch yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's when you're opening up. Wait a minute, for those wait a minute, stop. I want, I want everybody. Like you got to play on the same stage as George Jones. Man, I got to sing with George. Isn't that crazy? Like, I, got, I got to sing rocking chair with George. Jones. And to me, as as a fan, it's crazy. As, uh, like as a fan, forget about record sales. Forget about how many people. You know, or following you on Instagram or any things that that are quote unquote important today. I use like, that's I, a distant second for me. I couldn't sing if somebody said your life depends on finding this note right here. But I've got to sit in a room and sing with Daryl Singletary. Yeah, buddy. 
all night long and sing every song and him just look at me and grin and think it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, man. Yeah. I made it. I got a successful music oh, career as far, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Heck yes. But yeah. the, it's those things like that that mean more than 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 a lot of things in and life. And a photograph can't capture that. Nope. Even a video really nope. can't capture that. A video can't really capture what you feel right. at that point in time. Right. But you know what? Everybody really still likes to see that. They like to see the interaction. And man, what a what a tragedy to have lost Daryl. And at the same time, what a, what a gift that we have to have had his voice on records that we can continue to play over and over again. And you know what? Every time I sit down and listen to Daryl, it's like an intimate setting because I feel like he's just singing to me. I still, I, I still sit and cry every oh, time. Yeah, every man. time, you know, oh, yeah. it, it's crazy because we, you and I, were sitting, you know, right next to each other at the Ryman during the memorial service, and there were guys that that jumped up and sang that I had never heard before, and none of us in that row. And I, I would be, I would think nobody in the Ryman was looking anywhere other than the ground or straight forward when Mo Pitney started singing the note. Wow, I'd never heard that kid. You know, oh live. man, he's awesome. How good is he's, that guy? He's awesome, man. I mean, he's one of the newest comers onto the scene who I feel like is is so in the idea of what I think is right. traditional country. Right. He's along those lines. And you know what? He's he's just staying after and he's staying true to himself. Right. And you know, not changing. He's 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 not changing. You know, and there's a there's a difference I, I believe in in Adaptive change right. is is a little bit different, but not really trying to reinvent the wheel and try to create something other that's so outside of country music that it becomes that people are confused by it. Because I think there's a lot of people confused by what the idea of country music is now. That that grew up in the world that I grew right. up in of country music. Hey, I, and, and Daryl and I had this conversation a million times over. I love traditional country music, but where sometimes I differ from other people. I love rap music. I love R&B. I sat last night and listened to a, a, a group that had a trumpet, a saxophone, like play Bruno Mars and, and Michael Jackson type music. Yes, sir. I love music. But what people, I always hear that, oh, you know, they sold out or Nashville changed them. You know what? Hey, if a guy's been doing this for 10, 15, 20 years, think about what you were doing 10 years ago and how much you've changed as a person. If you're working at a bank for 10 years, think about how you change as a person over that decade. You it adapt. happens to everybody. You Sure. You adapt or die. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and this is and a business where it, it's a constant battle. It, I mean, it's a constant battle all the time. And and I I enjoy the idea of new music. I I, I love new music. Um, and and it's it's something that just is never gonna. It's it perpetuates. Yeah. I mean, it, it just continues to grow and it continues to extend to this. Who do you like right different now? Audience. Um, you know, as far as country music, um, man, I'm. There's so many new ones yeah. all the time. Yeah. I don't really. It's I really hard. I haven't really pick. stuck on one, but but you Mo listen? would be. Yeah. Mo would be one that you know because he, he's he's more along the lines of that traditional guy. People always ask me, you know, hey, do you do you watch? Do you go to a lot of rodeos? You probably don't ever want to go to watch bull ridings. I I catch myself going through phases. There's phases where I'll sit down and watch every PBR that comes on TV, or I'll go to a local rodeo if I got a weekend off. It makes no sense. And then there's other times where it's like, no, I've spent the last 11 months going to one every weekend. I need a break. Do you catch yourself constantly listening to new music, or you get away from it, or what? Sure, and I, 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 because I go back to it with a different passion. It's just like, you know, guitar sometimes, or, or writing. Sometimes I get so involved in writing, it's just like I've kind of painted myself into a corner, and I need to mm-hmm. take a break from right. it, because I can go back to it with a different respect, you know, and a different passion, because, and a lot of times when I come downtown and just go to a writer's night, it'll really, really, like, it'll light a fire for me to go back and go, man, you know what? This is the reason. These are the reasons why I moved into this town. Right. You know, because of writing like this, and because of voices like George Jones and like yeah. Conway and like Merle Haggard. Those, those are the things that were the biggest influences in me moving to town, and not so much songwriting back then. Right? Because songwriting to me was something that was crafted over time. I didn't move into this town to be a songwriter. I moved in this town to be an artist and entertainer, right. and and a singer more than anything. And I had started finding out that if I really wanted to really record something, it started becoming really hard for me to find songs that I thought, man, that's a really great song. Because everything at that point had started changing into 
today's country. And it was really hard for me to start finding songs about, man, nothing's just really sticking out to me that I feel like is really me. So it taught me if I'm if I'm going to be an artist and I need to speak from what I know, right. I need to write about what I know. And so I started writing more and more and more. And now it's something that comes a little bit easier. But with the schedule like we keep, it's really, really difficult to find time just to sit down and start writing. And it just has to happen organically. I'm not the guy who can go in and, and just be thrown into a room with right. a bunch of other guys that I've I don't really know. That. But that takes a different talent. Than what I have, I don't have that. Those are songwriters. Yeah, That's those their are really songwriters. God blesses That's everybody they, with something to do in life. And you know what? It's funny because you hear so many times. Well, I came to town to write songs, and then all of a sudden, nobody was cutting my songs, so I started singing them. Next thing you know, I got a record deal. Yada yada yada, and that goes. And that on. was really big in this last five six years. You know, that's but, what was really going. But here's on. the Cole thing: Swindell and stuff uh, like a that. A song's you know, only as good as the voice that puts it out there, and a voice is only as good as the lyrics. That it's singing, you know what? So, so it takes two. I look. When I was growing up, I wanted to be a preacher. I wanted to be a, a baseball player. I wanted to be a pro wrestler. I wanted to be a singer. I thought, man, I, I want yeah, to do it still, all. I'm 35 and I still want to be on stage. <laughs> right? I want to do it all. But I've accepted. You know what? God's given me certain gifts in a certain direction, and this is the path you're going to go down. That could change in five minutes. But right now, this is the direction you came here. You knew God gave you a voice, and use it. And am I am I willing? You know, and when we talk about that, I, I won't I won't bang on the Bible here or nothing, but I know this. When we talk about change in on this old planet here, this old earth, God's plan for me has never changed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the one who changes. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so how how well do I accept and how willing am I to accept what his plan is for me. That's what creates my serenity, creates peace in my life. It's going, you know what? If God wanted me to be Kenny Chesney, he would have made me to be Kenny Chesney. If he wanted me to be Daryl Singletary, he'd have made me to be Daryl Singletary. But he made me to be Glenn Templeton. Am I okay with that? How 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 okay with that? And that just these days like I'm really, really, really okay. With who I am, regardless of, because I have so many people who tell me, man, why ain't you made it to big time yet? Why ain't you? And I think to myself, I kind of feel like I have. I'm not going to turn down any further opportunities and exploring other options. I'm not going to say no to any of that. But if it never gets any worse than it is right now, I'm so totally good. Isn't that something? I feel the exact same way about about my life, and you know, I we always we I think people that are successful in anything in life continue to want to strive to be better. Do you want to have a thirty five city stadium tour? You damn right, you do. <laughs> you better believe it. I mean, because if you don't, you're an idiot. That's right. I mean, but but <laughs> right. but, but What's wrong with you. Yeah. But at the same time. You get to do something you, you truly enjoy and you love, and, and you're not having to go out and work three jobs, or you know, you're putting food on the table. You got a happy, happy family. Uh, tell us about that because it's, it's not just you. You, you know, it's, it's not me at all. It takes um, everybody thus far good and the bad, the upsides and the downsides, and those people who have been a part of my career and who may not any longer be a part of my career. It's taken every one of them to get me to where I am now. And where I am now is, you know, I have a great family life and I have a great career. And it's hard to find balance in the two. Because this this industry that, that I really didn't select, it just kind of selected me. Uh, this industry is so can become so driven toward just going out and not really having a family life you're just an industrial yes man and it's hard yeah. to find balance because I've been on record deals I've been through management deals and all the while I'm searching trying to find what balance is in both of them you know being an independent artist and being on a label both of them have upsides right they both do. The upsides of the of the label is they have lots of infrastructure. They have 
all the wherewithal, all the contacts. The upside of being independent is I got my family. I get to carry them out on the road with me. Um, And I think that's a lot of what the tradition in traditional country music comes from. And, you know, we do everything in-house, my wife and and I. And then now we've got a lot of help along the way, but, you know, it starts – that's where it starts at. It starts with with she and I. And it's – it's taken on a different, um, taken on a different route, other than just what a what maybe a label or something would say. Which is not to say that we're not going to work toward that, but right now, right, things are working really, really good. And you know, when, when you start giving up um, signing things that are exclusive, you have to start turning over a lot of what you've created thus far because it will begin to change. They'll want but to change it. That's which, the deal, and, and it's. And you know what? With all due respect, that's that is what they do. That's their business is to try to modify what you have to make it more current for today. And I'm not opposed to that. I just want to make country current for today, my kind of country current for today. Right. And uh, but it starts with the, with the wife, and you know she's she's on the the computer, and she, I mean, she runs everything that's behind the scenes. She runs it all. She's awesome. She runs and it she's all. She's always got a smile on her face. Always got a smile on her face. Well, I mean, I, I mean, in front of everybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> always got a smile on her y'all. face. She, she doesn't know actually. She's always got a smile on her face, and it's a, um, you know, she and I really have to practice a lot about not allowing our marriage to become business, though. Right. Either, it, and that's another balancing act that we have to take on. It's it's not about we we spoke about this last night. It's like you know we really. This has been a great CMA fest being here in 2018. This has been a great run. We have to really focus on setting career side, career time aside, and then setting you know marriage time, family time aside because the two can become so much of one that we we lose that idea of we're being being married, you know, and we lose that. And so we don't want to really lose that. We don't want our marriage to become a business. It's hard being business partners and husband and wife, huh? It is, and it could be a lot worse right. for me. Right. It, it really could be a lot worse for me. I've got a really, really – she's a great she's a great business partner. And, you know, hey, if she runs me off <laughs> – Man, I'm just gonna keep on running. I find. It's funny, they say they say never mix business with pleasure, and yeah. I always tell those people, mind your own business. Yeah, you mind your own business. Yeah, you you mind yeah, your yeah. own business. I'll mind. I'll like, decide. Hank, like Hank Junior said, mind your own business, and you won't be minding mine. <laughs> That's right. Speaking yeah. of, yeah. Uh, here here's just you know you dropping names and everything. Oh, here's a yeah. random oh, little yeah. photo of me and Hank Junior. Just I mean, no big deal. Yeah, well, y'all just That's why I kick my go, phone off the bed real quick. Fishing. By the time anybody ever hears this, it's already on my Instagram. Probably got you know a ton of likes because that's what's important in life. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's you know, really hey, it's all the matter. You said something a minute ago that kind of struck me. You said you know you didn't really choose this. This life kind of chose you. How'd you get into music? Um, my daddy when uh when he got back from Vietnam, music had always been in our family. But when he got back from Vietnam, he started like playing in like local clubs and he. Actually, the the when he first got back, he started singing in like a gospel quartet, um, and it that just kind of became a band, which kind of became you know local. Like it was kind of the he was kind of the hot band that was going around town. So then they moved into nightclubs and bigger nightclubs, and even played some in Texas. And so music was something that was already in my family, and I didn't just go, you know what, I'm just gonna be that. However, I did I did make a decision early on in life to want to create that positive attitude and that love and respect for country music the way my dad created it because everybody loved my daddy for that. And that's the one thing in the world that we're all striving for is just that idea of being accepted. You know, that's instinctive. You know, in, instinctive for human nature to want to be accepted among the masses. And the reason why that is is because, first off, if you're not accepted into the pack, that that goes back to caveman days. If you're not accepted into the pack, you're the first one to die. Yep. If you get sick, the bear's gonna eat you first, baby. Yeah. You know, I mean, you you gotta you gotta run with the pack. And so we want to be accepted, and it's instinctive. Instinctive. And I 
have just always wanted to be a part of something greater than what I was. And, and music was something that was greater than what I was. But the more I sang, the more fans I built. And it just it just started to build. And it wasn't something that I just said, this is what I'm going to go do. But I took every opportunity that was extended my way. I, I never slammed any doors. I continue to take opportunities. And, you know, uh, it has – country music, I am survived by country music. I, I live by country. Not only do I love to sing and write and play, I'm a fan of country music. And uh, I heard Daryl say that one time, and that's something that really just stuck with me. Um, but I, I owe to country music a life that it has given me, and I'm going to stay true to that. I love that, and it's funny we we talk a lot about Daryl here uh, today. You didn't know Daryl very long, did you? No, about three years. Yeah, but you about met through the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Yes, met him through the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Uh, met met him uh, the very first time um, was three years ago when they really started that keeping it country. Yeah, out in Vegas. That was the very first time that I met him, and. You know, he and uh, a good mutual friend of ours, Steve Decker, we all um, kind of just, I don't know, man, you, you and he and I, people. Like, I, I, I truly we all had a genuine you, interest yep. of country music, and it just kind of led us together. And I, I, I believe that's something that's... And more importantly than that, and that's the name of this podcast is more importantly, and it randomly pops up every once in a while, this being a, a great example, we all had a genuine appreciation and love for country music, but more importantly, we had a passion for just real people, like genuine, good-hearted, down-home, wholesome, God-fearing, appreciative people, and I think that's what kind of draws you know a big group of us together. I believe that, too. It didn't take us long to become family, I don't think. Be intentional yeah. about being good. Be yeah. purposeful about being good. So, where'd you grow up? I grew up in a little town right outside of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, mm. called Elrod. And I mean, I'm saying the population's about 50 people, and with me being it's 49 now you know with me it's, uh, how long have you been in nashville 16 years still got a little of that alabama accent Six, huh 16 years it ain't man. going nowhere yeah it, it ain't going away i mean it's there wait how much has the city changed um 16 years you know what every every night the morning sun rises and the skyline's different yeah you know and and um i played down here for two years at a little place called Tootsie's Orchid Lounge. It's a world-famous joint, and everybody who comes into town goes there, and it's a little shotgun bar. And for those who don't know, you got to visit Tootsie's. I mean, when you come to Nashville for the first time, you got to visit Tootsie's. But I started playing there, and this town has changed so much since then. There was like six places downtown that you could really go to that was really happening. And Did Tootsie's have one stage or two then? Do you remember? It had two stages. had two. Then. It had two stages. It had the main stage. Now it's got like eight, and it's got like three different, four or five different stories. It goes all the way to the rooftop. They can't expand any they wider. They can't go so out. Just, you got to go up. They just keep going up. <laughs> it's crazy. And now there's a bar on every corner, and then every rooftop has a bar, and it's just, and it's amazing. music in this town. You know what? There's I, like, a I, lot of just warm bodies here. I think, <laughs> yeah. I, could, I think I could finally go sing on a stage in Nashville. <laughs> That's so bad, man. <laughs> That's terrible. But but there is some amazing talent in this town too. You get both ends of the spectrum. You don't really you? do. You so you can really right holes. You can really appreciate great music when you hear it. When you come from like down in the dungeon of somewhere where there's just a guy down there, he's playing, you know, he's got four strings left on his guitar because he didn't make enough money last night to get a new shit right. of strings. So, I mean, and he's just down there just strumming around and thumping on Bob wire, and it's, you know. <laughs> but as this city gets bigger, there's there's things that I still love about this place because you could go, there's a place like Printer's Alley that no, no nobody from outside of this town really knows about. It used to be Midtown, now, you know, East Nashville. There's places that you can go to, and you walk in on any given night, hear the most talented musicians you've ever yeah. Oh, Third yeah. Lindsley, the the Third time Lindsley. jumpers. Yes. You know, Monday nights, every once in a while, Vince Gill, and, and the maybe the most talented collective group of musicians ever assembled. Probably the those who have played on more records and more hit records than anybody in the world yeah. show up there. Who were who were you a big fan of growing up? I, I know you talked a lot about George Jones. 
I was a huge George Jones fan. I was I was a huge Merle Haggard fan. Yeah. Huge Merle Haggard, huge Conway fan. And it's hard for me to say that I had a really a, a favorite. But man, you know, when I really started like getting started branching out into music, Hank Jr. was like he was just a little well, I only saw it as being a little bit of a rebel. Right. But man, in his life, you know, he was just he was a guy who was taught by outlaws of do what you wanted to do your type of music. And if you're happy with that, you're successful just at what you do at being you rather than let the world think what they want, but just be successful being you. And man, he, he changed. He was the change for country music in my day. Kind of, I kind of, I feel like um, maybe how Taylor Swift was the change for country music as far as her era, I feel like Hank How Jr. So? changed. I think it, I think it became more of a pop sensation at that point. I Opens think it, up more eyeballs. I think it did. I, I think it attracted more. Um, I think it attracted more of a youthful group of country people because, I mean, rightfully so. She was just this young kid who was just killing it. Great songwriter, and you know what? People say what they want about Taylor Swift. Say she can't sing, whatever. Here's what I believe about Taylor Swift. I believe everything she sings. That. Everything she sings, I believe it. Whether it's a good note, whether it's a bad, I believe everything. She's so believable. You know what I what I truly believe about Taylor Swift? And, and, and anyone in that position, she made a hell of a lot more money last year than I did. <laughs> At doing what she does. At doing something well, that that's she truly enjoys. Her deal is she always really got to do what she wanted to do music-wise. She held out till she had the opportunity, yeah. and then she ran with it. And mm-hmm. everybody in the world knows who Taylor Swift is now. Everybody in the world knows who Taylor Swift is. And like Swift. you said, I, I honestly believe, like you said, she really introduced a wide array of young people to country music because it was it honestly it really Bingo. was different Bingo. because there's a lot came. of things said there's a lot of things said and and i and i hate to admit this in public but you know th- uh, there's a lot of traditional country music fans I'm, I'm a huge country music fan but there's a lot of those fans that say oh they're ruining country music or you know these guys they don't look like country or they don't sound like country here's how i look at it guys like florida georgia line don't sound like merle haggard or george jones what they do is they they continue to bring more eyeballs to more different types of music which opens a door for so many opportunities you know i don't care yeah more important bingo (laughs) it's still doesn't affect what I do. Exactly. It doesn't affect what I do, what they love to do. Hey, you know what? I applaud anybody who can get out and get onto the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Who am I to say they shouldn't be doing that or that's ruining country music or whatever. To some people, it may be ruining country music, but as long as I love doing what I'm doing, what they do doesn't affect me, but it can do this. It can create more opportunity for me. Bingo. Bingo. What they do and the sacrifices they've made because there ain't nobody who's in that position who hadn't made sacrifices. Anything in life worth having is not going to come easy. You talk about it being with the wife, being business partners, being all of it consumed together. Everybody you see on a stage in a stadium, everybody you've seen on TV, they have the ups and the downs just like every normal person. And and it baffles me sometimes that we, we truly forget those people that are successful – are still people. They still deal with, you know, Doesn't with hardships. Matter. They set they set next to an empty roll of toilet paper on the toilet, and they that's can't exactly reach a new right. roll. Yeah, that's just exactly like right. the rest of it. Yeah, they are, and they're peeling the cardboard, <laughs> <laughs> looking for the paper towel dispenser. As, as y'all laugh, because y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Even them over there, they're laughing over there. Our studio they, audience they here, they know yeah. exactly They've what been we're there. talking about. They've been struggle there. is real. Yes. Yeah. Hashtag <laughs> struggle is real. What your favorite song you've ever recorded? Do you have one? I think Sinner's Prayer would be a favorite song. I think Sinner's Prayer is a favorite song that that I've ever recorded. Just because in the beginning when I first moved here, you know, I grew up in a little Southern Baptist community. And I brought that tradition with me because it was very ingrained in my life. And that's a song that I recorded, the very first song that I got to record when I moved here. And 
it was as true to who I I came to this town being. Mm-hmm. And now I can go back to that song and I can go, man, that's who that guy really is. He's just an old redneck from Alabama. That's who he is, who just, you know what, loves the Lord, loves country music, loves gospel music, loves rap music. Yeah. I, you know, my first, my first rap CD that I ever bought, Snoop Dogg, Death really? Metal Album, <laughs> and, I, and if I got, I, I had this question asked to me yesterday, if I could go in and record and collaborate with an artist, who would it be? Outside, it can't be country, but any genre outside. And I asked my wife this, and I said, who do you think I said? And she said, Adele, because I'm an Adele fan. Right. I'm a huge right. Adele fan. I think she's just singing just a beast. And I said, no, it was Snoop Dogg. And man, the whole table fell. I said, really? you did not say that, but I would love to do that. You know what? If he can go in and he and Martha Stewart can create a meal together, I think we got something other in common. I like to eat. Hang on, though. It worked for Katy Perry. You think about it, because Katy Perry was starting to build a little steam. She calls, has Snoop on a record. Boom. She there blows she is. up. Yep, there she is. I. It's funny. We were walking downtown last night on Broadway. You know, Broadway has all ends of the spectrum in music. And we, st- I think it was Tin Roof. There's a band playing, and they don't look like country music. They're obviously not country music. Wes, our buddy here, he says... What is that song? And I looked at him and I said, it's Tupac, man. Come on, you got to know Tupac. Then, yeah, okay. Then I remembered I'm, I'm old and, and you know, I'm well, different like you, than everybody like else. Well, like you said to the Snoop Dogg thing, you think about some of the greatest people and artists or anything like that in another genre, and that would be the person I would want to choose personally if I was going, just because of all the magic they've done in their mm-hmm. their area of mm-hmm. the world and, and the record. And that like you said, Snoop Dogg's a pretty big one. I think I'd have to go with Dre. Man, you but. know what? Well you know here's <laughs> all of us with Snoop Dogg, Dr. Yeah. Dre. You know what? I've seen I've I've if, seen Snoop Dogg in action. I've seen Dre in action. I've heard all of it. You know, I've heard it all. But then I watch Dr. Dre in a movie and I watch Snoop Dogg in a movie. Uh-huh. And Snoop Dogg to me is just he He's just cool. He is. He's just, he's just, just got that cool, cool man. It's as real as it gets. And I'm not saying that Dre's not as real as it gets, but I think Dre has a more technical aspect yep. and approach to things, and Snoop has a more, you know, a more organic everything approach to everything. <laughs> he's lived he's everything he's green. talked about. Super very, green. very green. He, okay, <laughs> let's break it down like this. I'm going to say something people are going to say I'm an idiot. Snoop. Snoop Dogg is as country music as anybody in the game because he's singing about things he's lived through. Singing about what? And isn't that, isn't that what country music's about? his thing as we are to our country music. We have, we have finally discovered that Snoop Dogg is traditional country music. He's traditional country music. <laughs> he isn't that stays, all about, though? He stays traditional. And you know Tell what? Tell your story. I'll guarantee Snoop Dogg has had the empty roll of toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) He was probably using it for something else, though. (laughs) He might have burned through it. Yeah, Yeah, he may have. Oh, that's awesome. He may have. Man, I know you got got to get get down the street. You got some things to do here today, but you got got a song that's out right now. Yes, yeah. Hip to Be Country is a brand new single. Um, We released that back in uh, late March. And here we are. I think this is uh, twelve weeks in now, and uh, we it debuted at number ninety eight. And I haven't gotten the numbers today, but last Friday it was at twenty eight. Really? Yeah. So I mean, we're just twelve weeks. Hey, twelve weeks isn't a long time in the music business. Not a long time at all. It's, it's not a long time at all. And you know, some songs. Uh, I'll say just for Sugar Sugarland. Yeah. When Baby Girl came out, Baby Girl was on the chart. On the chart. For 58 weeks before it ever got to number one. They worked that record and worked that record and worked that record. And they believed, man, that's what it's a lot of. You got to make a connection with somebody. Believe. There's got to be the right opportunity, the right window, and the right connection with somebody. most of it's about this right here. Right, exactly. You know, I heard heard a, a saying one time. And it says, I sought my God and God I could not see. I sought my soul when my soul eluded me. When I sought my fellow man, I found all three. And so in seeking my fellow man, man, I really, really find out about everything. When I, when I, when I seek and purposely try to 
do the best that I can and be purposeful and intentional about doing the next right things in my life, man, I really find a lot of good in everything. And I search to try to find the good in everything. We've all got the bad. Right. We everybody everybody if you can occupy a chair, I can tell you you you've got some you've got some tragedy that's happened. Mm-hmm. But let's look for the similarities. That's what I like. I like looking for what am I similar? This is a person that I let's seek one another and and be intentional about doing good for one another, man. So, I got I got friends in West can tell you he'll hear me you know spew a lot of negative every once in a while, but he'll also see me stop myself, turn around, just go talk to somebody. Just go, just go start smiling and talk to somebody because there's way more positive in the world than there is negative. Negative might be all we see on TV. It, I ain't no doubt about it. But I promise you there's way more positive in the world than there is negative. If you look for you it. You got to get out and look for it, though. You got you to gotta seek it out. It, it's crazy. You just got to have the right frame of mind. You got to wake up and want to have a good day. To you got to want to have a good day. And every day that I can wake up and this brand new single has gone from one you know, if it makes just one jump, if it doesn't make a jump, if it just stays at, you know, 28 for the week, man, I'm, I'm pretty grateful. Man. It's still at 28. It's still at 28. <laughs> There's a lot of people in the world that never had a, a single hit the charts. There's a lot of people in the world who never got to record anything. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's you know, a I mean, great way to look at it. I mean, and that's something that I love doing. I love recording. I love more than anything. Music is just the, that's the entry ticket to the parade. Mm-hmm. This is what it's all about. It's like this week is about our fans. This week is about what what really, really keeps country music alive is not the artists who are on the stage. Mm-hmm. What keeps country music alive are the fans who will flock to this town when they know that the artists are going to be out there shaking their hands and telling them how much they appreciate them, like Garth Brooks, like Neil McCoy. Yeah, I mean, those those guys are going to tell everybody how much they appreciate them. You know how I know this week is all about the fans for a lot of artists and this one in particular? Because Glenn Templeton's sitting in a room in front of a window overlooking Music City with one of his biggest fans right now, and, and that's me, and I, I truly mean that. I said it uh, his whole life, and as long as I knew Daryl, uh, he was the greatest voice in country music Absolutely. alive at the time, and, and and I've also said this to a number of people. In my opinion, you're right there with him, right there behind him. Well, that's, I, I, and, and to me, that's honored. as good a praise as, as as a guy can get. So. I, I can truly appreciate that, man. How, how do we keep up with Glenn? Man, you you know what? We've got all that social media stuff, which again, there, you know, I mean, the wife and I, we kind of run that, but she knows all the handles better than me. I know at Glenn Templeton Tour, yeah, is the Instagram. Okay, okay, and then we have the Glenn Templeton Twitter, and then also we have Glenn-Templeton.com. Where they can find all of our web that's our website, find all of our dates, kind of updates and things, and just go be a part of it. Sign up for our fan club and this this is And get to a show. About it. Get, get to a, a show. Absolutely get to we a show. We don't sell anything online. Everything that we want to sell, I learned that from Garth Brooks too. He don't sell music online. Really? Tried looking that up. Garth Brooks don't sell. Oh music yeah, yeah, online. yeah. Because of the whole Every, yeah. That's yep. exactly he yep. he if you want to get some Garth Brooks music, go to a Garth Brooks show. Yep. And that's the way I like it. I like to sell. I like to sell. We like to sell our record, our T-shirts, our hats, everything. We like to sell at a show. Yeah. Well, so that that's the that's kind of funny because I wonder how how do you feel about him doing the whole deal where he didn't promote any of his music on streaming services for so long like that? You know, do you feel like it hurt him? I, you know what? I don't Hang think on. you can hurt Let me Garth Brooks. For you. It's Garth Brooks. <laughs> I don't like, think you, can, you, you, you can't hurt you can't hurt Superman. I, I I don't I don't think that there would be I don't think that there would be a way to do that. I think that what you're saying though, you mean in his eyes, does he think that it hurt him to do that? Like, did it do anything? Did to, it cost him music? Yeah, did it cost him music sales? And and I get that. Um, I I don't know really if it would have or not. I don't think at this point he really was worried too much about that. Do you think Hank Jr. cares about doing stuff that people told him not to do? Do you think Taylor Swift cares about going pop? Do you think Garth Brooks cares? You know, it's a bump in the road. Well, we, you got to take a chance. Well, when Garth did it, that was a big thing. Streaming had just yeah. came out, Napster. Everybody was still in getting free music, you know, and there was a select group of guys that kind of sat down and was like, well, we're not going to do it. Metallica, you know, was one, and so was, was Garth. But Garth was really the – most long-standing one that 
stayed out of the whole stream game until recently, and when he started his tour again, did he really start promoting to sell his music? Like you said, honestly, besides going to an actual show yeah. to get music. Yeah. And I, I think I, I just I think Garth Brooks does everything with an intention. Oh, absolutely. I don't I don't he's think cerebral. I don't, oh, he's I don't think he I don't think he went, oh well let's just I, I think that there was a strategy behind everything he done and that's the reason he's such a marketing And genius. I don't think that it was a, a quick thought and this is how we're gonna do it full steam ahead. I think there's hours and days and weeks and months and years of thought put into every move that guy makes. And I Absolutely. think that's why he's so successful. I think so too. I've and Okay, I'm not. That's why he plays six I, days in a row in a town. In here's the, the, here's the deal. <laughs> yeah, I'm still standing outside, uh, white, trying to get a get ticket. ticket. Yep, I, I'm I'm no Garth Brooks, but it's taken me years to decide to do this podcast the way I wanted to do it to get it right. Like, and this we we might not ever go anywhere. Nobody might ever maybe never hear this but you know what like i had a way i wanted to do it i wanted everything to be right i wanted to get all these gadgets so it sounded good i wanted to be able to to wait until the right right time to get a guy like you come in here hang out you know have everything just right to do it and everything works out just like it's supposed to yeah. whether i agree with it and whether i like it or not yeah. It happens like it's supposed to. Hey, yeah, you were, you were talking about buying the Glenn Templeton merch out on the road, and I just wanted to say I really appreciate you bringing the T-shirts by uh, that you didn't. So anyways. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, well, they couldn't get them through the door. I had boxes and boxes. He suckered could, me into going to a show could, to get new merch. This is how hey, it happens. I'm sold. I'm sold. Hey, man, I've been sold since day one, and I mean that. I, I really have We've been had a fan from day one, and uh, – it's an honor to call you a friend, buddy. Man, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm glad to sit down with you anytime, and it's been truly a joy here uh, to sit here with you. And we just, you know what? We're just chilling in the hotel room, but man, we're amongst like that you can feel the energy in this town. It's as good as it gets. It's as good as it gets. Man, continued success. God bless you. Good luck. Thank you, brother. Yeah, it's here to be contrary. Don't to be.